the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So God says, there's only one God. There is no other gods. There's not going to come any more after me. I am the only God, and I am the only Savior. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Who can comprehend God? He made everything from scratch. Know this, our brain is not capable of fully comprehending the vastness of the Milky Way or the infinite God. So how can we reject what God clearly teaches in the Bible just because we don't understand how it works in our finite little minds? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now we see through a mirror dimly, but one day we will see him face to face. I know in part now, I kind of have a picture of how it's going to be, but then I will fully know him as he has fully known me. So I see only in a part now, but one day we will see fully. When we stand before his glory, as a seraphim fly around the throne of God, crying out, holy, 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 as millions of angels are singing, we'll be standing there on the streets of gold, just like, ah, that's how it works. But until then, we walk by faith and we accept what the Word of God has taught us. Now I know only in parts with my limited mind. But we must be very careful not to dismiss anything that the Bible teaches us so clearly. Based solely on it might not make sense to us. Or that it might be a little confusing. Because one day, again, we will see Him as He is. And that will all make sense. Remember how so many times for years and years and years, everyone thought the earth was flat. You just walk and one day you just fall off the edge. It wasn't until the 15th century that we realized that the earth is round. But yet God had told us that. As we've looked at in times past, Isaiah 40, 22 says that God sits above the circle of the earth. He said that 750 years before Christ was born. And in the oldest book in the Bible, the book of Job, he said in Job 26, 7, that God made the earth, and he hung it on nothing. Yes, yes, science has proved today that all those things were true when man didn't understand them. But in the meantime, we must embrace what the Bible clearly teaches on just how God has chosen to reveal himself to us. I try never to use the word Trinity when I'm speaking to certain individuals of cults that are around us, not because I disagree with it, but rather because that particular word is not found in the Bible. But its meaning, the triunity of God, is taught completely through the Bible. So I teach the triunity of God, which is taught throughout. Yes, God is one God 
and he has chosen to reveal himself in three distinct personalities, but he's still one God. Some people use all kinds of different little antidotes to try to explain this. And, you know, I hate to use these because God is so much more than some little antidote that we could, you know, put out there. But, you know, it is a little bit like water. You know, water sits there by itself. If you freeze it, it turns to ice. Doesn't change the fact that it's water, but it's in a completely different package right now. Or if you heat it up on the stove and you get it boiling and it starts steaming and that steam goes up, it's still water, but it's just in a different form. But it's still water. Yes, God has revealed this truth to us all the way from Genesis to the book of Revelation. Consider just a few references here today. You might want to take note of these. Notice in verse 2 it says, He was with God, but then in verse 3 it said that He created all things. Let's look at how God has always been one, yet reveals himself as more than one. If we go all the way back to the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, you don't go too much farther back than that. You're in the first chapter of Genesis. You know, verse 1 says, obviously, that God created the heavens and the earth. He created them out of nothing. That word created comes from the Greek word bara. He made it all from nothing. But then, just a few verses down in verse 26 of chapter 1 of Genesis, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Now, we know that God wasn't talking to the angels there because we were not created in the image of angels. We were created in the image of God. So who was he talking to? The word for God here in the Hebrew is Elohim. That's God in a plural sense, meaning it's more than one. So when you see the word God, it's a Hebrew word Elohim. It's in a plural sense, more than one. Now think about that when God so crafted the words that he used here in the Hebrew when he was writing in the Pentateuch, the Torah, the law of God in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, Yahweh, is God. Elohim. The Lord, Yahweh, is one. Excuse me, you're contradicting yourself. You just say Yahweh is Elohim, God, more than one. Then you said Yahweh, the Lord, is one. He's not contradicting himself. He's telling us what it is. The Lord is Yahweh. The Lord is Yahweh, and he is Elohim. He is more than one, but yet Yahweh is still one. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Isaiah 7, 14, therefore the Lord himself... He will do what? He will give you a sign. Behold, there's a virgin and she will be with a child and she will bear a son and his name will be Emmanuel. God is with us is what Emmanuel means in the Hebrew. God is with us. Not an angel, not a wannabe. God himself will be with us. In Isaiah 9, 6, for a child will be born to us. A son will be given. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Very strange names for this child to be born. Now, here's an interesting thing. I mean, he just tells you straight out there. 
You know, and again, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, he'll be called Emmanuel from this virgin. He'll bear a child. And 9, 6, his child will be given a son that will be born. Uh, you know, it's based off of back in Genesis where God was scolding the serpent. And he says, oh, you think you're so good because you took and you deceived this woman. But let me just tell you, you might have deceived the woman to eat of the forbidden fruit. But out of the seed of a woman, one will come and crush your head. So God was already saying that I am going to come through a woman and I'm going to crush your head. But here in Isaiah 9, 6, there's another little forethought. I was having my devotions yesterday. I was reading through Judges and I was reading about when the angel of the Lord. Now, the angel of the Lord is a pre-sighting of Jesus because you have a physical sighting and it ends up being God. So there's a body in an individual, and yet it ends up being God. So God comes and speaks to Manoah. Manoah is the father of Samson. So he speaks to Manoah, and he speaks to his wife in Judges 13. And so he uh, has this little conversation with them. They go and make a little offering. God allows this, you know, he uh, allows fire to just take up this, this food that they prepared for him. And then he disappears, he disappears in front of their very face. And so Manoah and his wife say, oh my goodness, we have seen God. And he was, what does he say? He was wonderful. So he called God that he saw wonderful. And here in Isaiah, he is called wonderful. Isaiah 43 10 says, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. You are my witnesses and my servant whom I have chosen in order that you may know and believe me and understand that I am him. I am he. Before me, there was no God formed and there will be no God after me. I, even I am the Lord Yahweh and there is no savior besides me. The word savior means the deliverer who is God. So God says there's only one God. There is no other gods. There's not going to come any more after me. I am the only God and I am the only savior. There is no savior besides me. It's interesting to note that Jehovah's Witnesses who claim that Jesus was Michael the archangel, uh, this is where they get their actual calling as Jehovah's Witnesses is right here, Isaiah 43. It's in the very verse that they embrace themselves as Jehovah's Witnesses that God establishes that Jesus was not Michael the archangel, that he was the savior, the only God that is him. And this God is the one who existed before time began. The one who says, I am the only Savior, the one who planned to come to this earth to live amongst my own creation. As he said in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, he says, But as for you, Bethlehem, Epaphrata, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, from you, Bethlehem, one will go forth for me to be the ruler in Israel. His goings forth, who? This one that's going to lead? It's from long ago, from the days of eternity, the days of eternity. Yes, God came. The Holy Spirit spoke these words concerning John the Baptist. And this was the first calling of John the Baptist as he was being placed in his mother's womb. It says in Luke 1, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. John the Baptist was called in his mother's womb to do what? To be a prophet of the Most High God. Not of an angel, not of somebody else, not as just a man, but as the God-man. And he was going to prepare the way of the Lord. 
And that he did. And when John the Baptist, when he baptized Jesus, he says, I am not even worthy to untie your sandal. Then the apostle Paul echoed what John said in verse two about all things being created by Jesus. He said in Colossians 1.15, he says, and he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation for by him, all things were created both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. All things are created by him. What is it? Genesis 1.1 said that God created all things. That's right. And that's exactly who Jesus was. He went on to say, the Apostle Paul, that is, in Colossians 2, 9, he says, For in him, who? Jesus, all the fullness of deity dwells in a human body form. The fullness of God. Understand, that very word deity means the Godhead, that he is God. Jesus said in Revelation 1, 8, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Now, many deny that Jesus is really saying this. They're saying, well, you know, though if you have a red letter edition in your Bible, Revelation 1.8 is in red letters. And so the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons will argue and they'll say, well, that's not supposed to be in red letters. That's just God saying that because it says right there, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God. Who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Well, that's just God that said that. God's the Alpha and Omega. So you say, oh, okay, so you're saying that the Alpha and the Omega is only the Lord God. Yes, yes, that's what we're saying. Okay, great. All right, then let us turn a little farther here in Revelation. Let's go to Revelation 1.17. He says, do not be afraid. I am the first, I am the last, and I am the living one. And I was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. So when did God die? When did he die? That's what the Bible, verse 17, just keep reading, keep reading. Have it in context, in context, keep reading. Go down from verse 8 to verse 17. When did God die? I'll tell you when he died. He died on the cross for the sin of all humanity. The creator came to the creation, and he died for his creation. Yes, Jesus was God in the flesh, and he died for the sins of his precious creation. You and me, who Jesus really was, is paramount. It is paramount. This is the very foundation of our Christian faith. We cannot be a Christian and reject who Jesus claimed to be. He was the Son of God, yet at the same time, he was God. Yes, the son who was fully man was at the same time fully God. Yet there are many religions today that claim to be Christians, but they completely, wholeheartedly disregard this teaching that is throughout the scripture. Some change the text. Some will say that Jesus was a God. So the Jehovah's Witnesses are trying to get rid of this. So they rewrite the Bible in their New World Translation. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was a God. Now this is kind of funny because they don't believe in multiple gods, but now they're saying he was a God. Okay, that is 
bad grammar and it is not in the original text. It's just not there. Sorry, you know, but that's not an option here. Exodus 20 records in the Ten Commandments. The first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. God said in Deuteronomy 4.39, Know therefore today and take it to your heart that the Lord, He is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. There is no other gods. Joseph Smith, founder and first prophet of the Mormon church, said there are many gods, he said. He said in the history of the church, volume 6, page 308 and 474, you can look it up online. Quote, in the beginning, the head of the gods called a council of the gods, and they came together and concocted a plan. That's right, they concocted, all right, to create the world and people. He goes on in the same volume, on the same page, teaching that men can become gods. Isn't that odd? Isn't it just a little odd? This whole Mormon religion is based on you can become a god. What was the very first sin that was offered to humanity? What did Satan, as the slithery serpent, what did he come into the Garden of Eden? What did he con, you know, Eve with? Oh, take a bite of this fruit. It is so good. And you can become like God. See, that was the very first temptation. You can be like God. Isn't that amazing? His successor to uh, the Mormon church was Brigham Young. He claimed that Adam was God. And Adam was Michael the archangel. And he said, quote, He is our father and our God, and the only God with whom we have to do. Adam is the God, he says. It was Bruce McConkie, he was a general authority for the Mormon church, and he said in the Mormon doctrines, page 547 and 742, that Jesus was not born of a virgin, a God came and had physical relations with Mary. So they actually believe that Adam came down and had physical sex with Mary, and that's what produced Jesus. He said, quote, Christ was born into the world as the literal son of this holy being, that is Adam, who became a God. He was born in the same personal, real, and literal sense that any mortal son is born to a mortal father. This doctrine is false. Now, you might have Mormon friends and people that you know. When we lived in Riverside, our cross-street neighbors were Mormons. And let me tell you, very sincere people, very loving people, people that try to live a very wholesome lifestyle. In fact, I hate to say this, but I've seen many Mormons live a more honest and genuine lifestyle than many Christians I've seen, which is a sad account. But though they are very sincere people, I just want you to know when it comes to doctrine and their religion, they are sincerely deceived because this is what their doctrine says. But of course you can ask them, they don't even read their own doctrine because it's just a doctrine of good works. Again, Jehovah's Witnesses say this, let me quote from their own resource, the Watchtower book, okay, because they come to your door, they hand you all this stuff. If you read it, this is what you'll find. Reasoning from the scriptures, they believe, quote, on page 218, Christ was created as the archangel Michael. And again, on the Watchtower book, Reasoning from the Scriptures, on page 408 and 409, it was through the created angel, quote this, Christ, that all other things in the universe were created. He is, again, calling him a created angel. And on page 212 and 213 and page 416 and 417, Jesus is a mighty God, but he is not. He's a mighty God, little g, but he is not God Almighty like the Father is. 
trying to somehow get around all of these scriptures that are pointing to who Jesus really is. Now, these two religions both claim to be Christians. That's the thing. Mormons will tell you, we're Christians. Jehovah's Witnesses will tell you, you're Christians. Sorry, you're not. You can't be. You have denied the very foundation of fundamental truth of Christianity, of who Jesus is. You cannot deny the deity of Christ and then yet claim to be Christ-like. Christian means Christ-like or little Christ. Again, they are both claiming to be Christians, but they reject Jesus as the word that was in the beginning, that was with God, who was God. These religions are what's known as polythesis. That's someone who believes in many gods or multiple gods. Christians are monotheistic. That means that we believe that there is only one God. And this one God came to the earth as a man, the God-man, Jesus Christ, who came for one reason, to die for you and to die for me. The creator, again, dying for his own creation. Listen, this is not up for debate. Well, I don't know if I fully accept this. This is not up for debate. This is truth. This is what the word of God speaks. Jesus is who he claimed to be, period. And if we must believe the word of God, we must believe it. We must believe exactly what he says. We must believe the word of God over any man. We must believe the word of God over any religion. The Apostle John said this in 1 John 5, 9. If we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. So whatever man says, okay, well, let me check that out. Remember the Bereans? They were the first ones to be called Christians. And it's just like, you know, they said, yes, we, we come and speak to us. Yes, it all sounds nice. We're going to check you out. We're going to make sure that you're doctrinally correct. We're going to make sure that... What you're saying is true. He goes on to say, if we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. For the witness of God is this, that he is born witness concerning his son. That is more important. And what is that again? Well, Jesus said it pretty clear when he told Philip in John 14, because Philip wanted to see the father. You remember how that whole thing went down. Remember, Jesus brings this news on them. They didn't want the news of John chapter 14. The disciples are having a blast. They're with Jesus every day. What's going to happen today? I don't know. He'll pull some guy up that's never walked in his life and restore his legs. He'll do this. He'll do that. Maybe the blind will see today. Could you imagine walking with Jesus? What's going to happen today? I don't know, but I want to be there when it happens. So all of a sudden, Jesus brings this news on them, on the disciples. Like, oh, by the way, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I'm history. I'm like a feather in a whirlwind. What? I'm like a tree and leave. I'm gone. It's like, what are you talking about? We don't want you to go anywhere. He goes, no, but I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, you know, I will come back for you and you will be where I am. And it's just like, wait a minute, you know? And he says, oh, and by the way, you know how to get to where I'm going. And they're like, what? We don't know how to get there. What are you talking about? We're clueless, you know? GPS isn't invited, you know? It's not invented yet. We don't know. And it's like, he goes, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father but by me. Okay, so you're the way. Yes, I'm the only way. You can't get to heaven outside of me. So then Philip says, well, so we can get to the Father through you. Yes, show us the Father. And he looks at Philip and says, have I been with you so long, Philip? Don't you get it? You've seen me raise the dead. Don't you get it? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Wow. 
Let me ask you here today, as we end, who do you say Jesus is? Because there's a lot riding on this. Listen to what Jesus said about himself when he quoted a prophecy of himself of Psalm 118, verse 22. He said this in Luke 20, 17, as he's quoting Psalm 118, he says, The stone which the builders rejected, this became the chief cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, but whoever that stone falls on, it will scatter them like dust. See, when we humble ourselves before the Lord and we just allow him to humble ourselves and we are broken before him, when we come to him, remember what Jesus says, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross and follow me because if you choose to save your life, your desires, your aspirations, you will lose your life. But if you lose your life for my sake, your desires and your aspirations, then you will find life. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 